Amen. If you have your Bibles this, this morning, not this evening. Last night I was saying this morning, now I'm saying this evening. <laughs> See what pastoring will do to you? <laughs> Get your days mixed up, hours mixed up. Second Samuel chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. Second Samuel chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. Going to preach and speak to you this morning on the thought of blessings or curses, life or death. What do you choose? Very familiar story. Better be careful how you handle the Word of God, how you handle your walk with God. God don't play around. That's what we're going to talk about. How you react to the Word of God will determine whether you get blessings or curses. It will determine whether there's life or death. We're going to show you an incident where they touched the, word, the, the ark of God when they knew they wasn't supposed to. If David and them would have just looked it up in the Torah, the five, first five books in the Bible, they would have knew, been remembered, and inquired of the Lord, this would have never happened. But they Uriah touched it, and he fell over there. And it shows you, here's a lesson, God meant what he said and he said what he meant. Amen. He didn't change his word for nobody. Amen. Listen to this right here. And when they come to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzziah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzziah. And God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach on Uzziah. And he called the name of the place Pezzerah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obadiah, the Gideon. Now, let's look right here about Obadiah right here. What happened when he got a hold of the Lord? Apparently, he knew the right procedures. He knew what was going on. Listen right here. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obadiah, the Gideon, three months. And the Lord blessed Obadiah and all his household. Did you see that? And the Lord blessed. Earlier, we see the curse of death come right there. And it was told... King David saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obadiah and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obadiah into the city of David with gladness. I just want to contrast right here. Uzziah fell dead, under a cur got cursed and died because he handled it wrong. Obadiah in his household, God blessed all that pertained to him. Apparently, Obadiah knew the word and knew how to handle the ark of God and done it right. So where are you going with this? I'm going to simply tell you the way what we do with the word of God will determine what we receive from God. Amen? Amen? 
Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God, today, Lord. And we just exalt you, dear God, today, Lord. And we praise you, dear God, to this morning, Lord. And we ask for your anointing and we ask for your spirit, dear God, to flow in this house and among your people, dear God, today, Father, Lord. Lord, we just exalt you, dear God, today, Lord. And we pray for you to just move, dear God. And pray for your anointing, dear God, to flow, Lord, upon me, dear God, today, Lord. Lord, as I speak your word, dear God, Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning, Lord, that you just pour your anointing and your blessings out, oh God. Lord, today we ask for your hand to flow, God, in this sanctuary, Lord. We give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Set before you today is a choice. Do you want the blessings of God or do you want the curse on you? Do you want life or do you want death? These choices will be made according to what we do with the Word of God. You see in this passage of Scripture, we see two different incidents right here. We see two different names. Both had totally different outcomes right here when it came to handling the ark of God. You see Uzziah, he was the one who touched it. And when he touched it, when he should not supposed to be an act of disobedience, can I tell you, he fell over dead. Didn't we see Obadiah who, uh, who took a hold of the ark and it seems like he treated it with respect and he knew how to handle the ark of God because he had studied the word of God and you begin to see how God blessed his household in fact verse 12 said and all that pertaineth unto him that everything that Obadiah done that God had blessed. What are you saying this morning, preacher? I've come by to tell you this morning whether you want blessings or whether you want curses, whether you want life or whether you want death, it all boils down to how one handles the Word of God. Did you hear me? It all boils down to what one will do with the Word of God. You see, to hear one man obeyed and another man disobeyed. You see how we one man tried to do it their way and how another man done it God's way. Can I tell you this morning what was going on here? It was that David wanted to move the ark of God back to Jerusalem. Why did David want to have the ark of God move back? Well, there's a few things. We know that David wanted to build the he wanted to honor the Lord and give him a rightful place as king of Israel. But David also wanted to desire to build a sanctuary for the Lord. And having the ark of God, there would be the first step. As we know, David never got around to build it, could not build that, that sanctuary, but it came to his son Solomon. But also having the ark of God meant the presence of God. And when you have the presence 
presence of God. Can I tell you, you can have victory this morning. Can I tell you this morning, when they they had the ark of God and it symbolized the presence of God, that meant they were untouchable. It meant that they would get victory this morning. I, I don't know about you, but I'm telling you, this church, all it needs is the presence of God this morning. Amen? Can I tell you, all we need is the presence of God this morning. Um, You see what began to happen here? was uh, David assembled uh, all the Israelites from the Shihar River in Egypt to Lebo Hamath to bring the ark uh, of God from Kirith Jerem. Uh, David done that but there's one thing that David did not do. Uh, he did not seek the counsel of God. Uh, you see that's where many of our problems arise at. Uh, that's the reason many of us, many people grumble and complain. Uh, that's the reason we talk about all of our problems problems is because we don't seek the counsel of God having to know when you seek the counsel of God he's going to lead you in the right way this morning having to know when you seek the counsel of God and obey the counsel of God he's going to give you the direction you need to go and tell you what you need to do my lord but here comes the problem here comes the issue right here in this whole thing David did not seek the counsel of of God. Uh, let me tell you what began to happen. Uh, they begin to pursue. Assume. Uh, they begin to pursue, if you will. Uh, but I want you to know uh, what may be pleasing to you uh, may not be pleasing to God this morning. Amen? Uh, what you think's alright uh, may not be alright with God. Uh, what do you talk about preacher like that? Uh, David just presumed and thought this would be alright uh, to put the ark of God on a new card, if you will. Uh, they set it on the ark of God. Uh, I want you to know the presence of God was never to be put on a cart. Uh, but the presence of God, the ark of God, was meant uh, to be carried on a cart. Uh, but the, well, think about what this meant right there. Um, here's that mistake they begin to make. They begin to pursue. Uh, they begin to presume that it would be alright. Uh, that God wasn't going to do anything about it and they David found himself in an act of disobedience. Amen. When we forget to do the counsel of God and we don't handle the word of God, we find ourselves in disobedience. Did you hear me? Think about it. I hear people say, bless my finances, oh God. But they don't want to do it God's way. Amen. I hear people say, Lord, do this, do that but they don't want to come and call for the elders of the church. Let me tell you something. This morning, body of Christ, I shouldn't have to give an invitation for the sick. In fact, the sick should be coming up, to the, coming up here and calling for the elders of the church. Amen? How many know the Bible says that any of them among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. And they shall lay hands and anoint him with oil, and he shall be healed. And you can go on from there. 
But too often, we want to do it our way. We just presume that God's going to be happy with it. We just presume that God ain't going to do nothing about it. But you're getting ready to find out this morning that what God, when their act of disobedience, their presumption was wrong this morning. That God meant what He said and said what He meant. If they would have just went back, and you could have went back, and you remember the prophet Samuel's words to Saul the king when he said, said obedience is better than sacrifice my lord there's a word that people don't want to hear this morning they don't want to hear the word obedient did you hear me they don't want to be obedient to the word of God they want to do it the way that they want to do it my lord they want to go their way and direct their own path this morning just like David and him did right here they placed the ark of God on this new cart if you will when the ark of God was never supposed to be placed on a cart but it was supposed to be carried by the priest amen how do you know that preacher because Deuteronomy 31 and 9 and Moses wrote the law and delivered it unto the priests the sons of Levi which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto all the elders of Israel. Right there. If David would have just sought the counsel of God and would have went back, can I tell you, yeah, they didn't have the books that we have. But they had the first five books. They had the law of Moses. Did you hear me? And this is recorded in the law of Moses. But the problem is, they begin to pursue, yeah, that's going to be all right. Just to think that God didn't mean what he said. Oh, God didn't mean it at all. We'll just get do this like this and bring it this way. Let me tell you what this was. They, when they carried it on that new cart and put it on that new cart, it was an act of disobedience. My Lord, I think about many today, how we try to put the presence of God on a new cart. Hey, bet how we try to put it in our entertainment forms and try to carry the presence of God. Let me tell you, church, the presence of God ain't going to come through entertaining. Did you hear me? Hey, man, we got too many entertainers behind the pulpit and too many clowns entertaining the sheep. Hey, man, let me tell you, the presence of God ain't going to come on a new cart. The presence of God's going to come through prayer. It's going to come through fasting. It's going to come through the Word of God. Amen? My Lord, I think about it, how people ain't want to be obedient to the Word of God. See, they didn't want to follow God's pattern. They begin to do it the way of the Philistines. And let me tell you something about the Philistines. They were godless people. They want to do adapt to their ways, if you will. Not the way that was given to Moses that come from the Lord. But they wanted to adapt to the way of the Philistines. My Lord, I tell you, I think about how many today say, Well, preacher, if you'd bring this in and bring that in, let me tell you, you could draw a crowd. Let me tell you, I'm not so much interested in drawing a crowd. I'm interested in saving souls. Did you hear me? You can have a crowd all day long, but they can all go to hell too. They can all perish and go to hell if there ain't no gospel. My Lord, we want to put it on a new cart. We want to put it on a new card and disregard the Word of God. 
And I'm talking about just like David, there's many people today that I'm speaking of those who profess to be believers who disregard the Word of God and try to do it their way or even the ways of the unbelieving world, if you will. I don't want to do it that way. I'm going to do it my way. Well, your way's a way of failure this morning. Did you hear what I'm telling you? When you begin to do it your way, you begin to ask the curses and you begin to ask for the ways of death, if you will. My Lord, there's a song I've told you sometimes back. I told you there was a, I tapped in on a video on YouTube and it's talking about these celebrities grave and the song was sung I done it my way well you can do it your way all day long and that's the reason that people are in hell because they done it their way my lord today can I tell you we can't do it the way that we want to do it we got to do it the way that God wants to do it so I ask you this morning what will you do with the word of God some want to know why God ain't blessing them it's because they're not in an act of obedience to the word of God. Did you hear what I'm telling you this morning? I hear people time and time. God, why ain't you blessing me? Why ain't you doing this? Why ain't you doing it? You better ask yourself, am I in obedience to the word of God? Amen. Did you hear me? Hello. I'm preaching better than you are shouting. Some people want to know why God, why it seems like everything's still going wrong. Are you living in obedience to the Word of God? Are you trying to do it your way? God, why ain't my finances being blessed? Well, why ain't you tithe? Hello? I'm going to just tell you right here. I told them down in North Carolina this, and I'll tell you this. If you're not tithing, don't give me a pitiful story about why your finances are in a mess. Amen? Hello? Why do you say that, preacher? Because Malachi 3 tells us. That ain't just a, that ain't a promise. That's a God saying also, try me. God's saying right there in Malachi 3, try me. I'll tell you why. People don't give like they need to give many times. Because they're greedy. It ain't that they can't. It's because they are just greedy. My Lord, it was said last night. The poorest ones are the ones that keep the gospel going many times. I believe that. I know there's some that's got money that keeps the gospel going, but in general, some that make the less money are the ones that give more to the work of God than those that's got it to give. My Lord, they ask why they ain't getting blessed. They ask why things ain't turning around because they ain't living it. Getting ready to drop my teeth out. Because I ain't living, getting ready to give in obedience to the word of God. One of these days, I'm going to spit those things out through there. Listen what I'm telling you. Listen. We ask why God ain't doing this. God ain't doing that. We ask why God ain't moving. Why God ain't doing that. I ask you. Are you living in obedience to the word of God? Are you praying like you should? Are you acting like you should? Are you going by what God says to do? Are you doing it the way you do it? Think about what Solomon by the Holy Spirit wrote in the book of Proverbs, it's recorded twice in there. Proverbs 14, and I believe it's also maybe Proverbs 16. Proverbs 14 and 12, it says, There is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Do it your way. 
it's going to be the ways of death. Amen? Do it your way. You're not going to succeed. Do it your way. You're going to find yourself in a Uzziah situation. After God already told him not to do it, we'll get there in just a minute. Then he went ahead and done it anyway. My Lord, I look at the people today and I see a body of Christ that don't want to live according to his word. Did you hear me? I've told you before, I've never seen a generation that professes Christ that don't like to come to church like this generation. Did you hear me? I've never seen a generation today that professes Christ but don't like holiness preaching. That says we believe the Bible but don't want to hear the whole Bible preached. I've never seen a generation today that wants God to bless them but don't want to do what God wants to say. You go back and look at generations. You go back and look at the generation that I grew up in. Go on back and you'll see people doing what God said and they were blessed. And if you know what I'm talking about, Brother Harold. People would give. They would do what God had told them. And God would bless even in the midst of poverty. Let me tell you. The widow woman in 1 Kings, when, when Elijah come to her and said, bake me a cake first, she said, oh, I got this little bit that me and my son die. What was before her that day was life or death. What she done would determine blessings or a curse. She said, but nevertheless, I'll do what you say and let me tell you when you read it, her oil never run dry in the drought. In fact, I believe it was part of the reason after her son died that God brought him back to life. It didn't just stop there. I believe that blessing, what she done there, continued on down because she done that one act of obedience. She saw what God would done then and when her son died, she called for the prophet back. My Lord, you see what I'm talking about. There's blessings and there's curses. There's life and there is death that is set before us this morning. The choice is us. The choice is up to us. The way that David and him would handle the ark of God would eventually result in death. It would turn out to be a curse to David and Uzziah, but it would turn out to be a blessing to Obadiah. Did you hear me? Let me go back and tell you what God said about handling it wrong. Did you hear me? What God, God already told them, if they handled this thing wrong, that it would result in their death. In Numbers chapter 4, verse 15, and when Aaron and his sons had made an end of covering the sanctuary as the camp and all the vessels of the sanctuary as the camp is to set forward, after that the sons of Kohath shall come to bear it. But they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. These things are the burden of the sons of Kohath in the tabernacle of the congregation. Notice, they shall not touch any holy thing, lest they die. There was another warning. No doubt, I had to believe Uzziah knew. 
But he went ahead and done it anyway. The oxen began to shake, and he began, he touched it. Let me tell you, he wasn't supposed to touch it. He didn't. He couldn't sustain it. God would sustain that. But he put his hand to it, and guess what happened? He died. Oh my Lord, what are you saying? Seems like maybe he had a good intentions. But no matter if it was good intentions or what, God already said, do not touch the holy things of his. He already told them that if, he, if they touched the holy thing, they would die. And it tells me that God ain't going to change his word for nobody. Did you hear me? I don't care who you are this morning. God ain't going to change his word for you. Hey, man. I don't care, you pursue, You can pursue them all day long, but God ain't going to change his word for you this morning. I remember years ago I heard a woman say, well, God, I understand why I'm running around on my husband because I'm not happy. Honey, that's not, God ain't, ain't going to understand it. I wasn't, I don't even think, I can't even remember where I was at spiritually, but I wasn't where I'm at today. I knew one thing, though. Where whoremongers and adulterers, God shall judge. Hebrews 13 and 8. My Lord, you think God's going to change his word for you? You got another thing coming this morning. He didn't change it for them right there. He didn't change it for Uzziah. He didn't change it for David. Did you hear me? What he said right there is exactly what he meant. If you touch the holy thing, you shall die. My Lord, that's what Uzziah done. He laid his hand to the ark. And the very moment he laid his hand to the ark, can I tell you, he died immediately. Oh, my Lord. Can I tell you, I don't even believe today you ought to touch the holy things if you're not where you need to be with God. Amen. Amen. You better be careful how you handle things. I got this nitpick about me. When it comes to Bibles, the Holy Bible, the Word of God, I don't like to see paper or anything sitting on those Bibles. To me, it is a disrespect for the Word of God. Now, you may feel different, but I don't. I think it's disrespectful because why? It's God's Word and His Word's holy. Amen? I don't like to put nothing on it if I... I'll, pass. I'll stack a Bible on another Bible. That's holy. But as far as putting anything else on it, I don't like to put anything else on it. Because there got to be a respect for the holiness of God. Amen. I know all preachers don't do this today, but I still believe when you get behind this sacred desk, you ought to be dressed appropriate to minister the Word of God. My Lord, if you go to a business meeting or a job interview you're going to, or a court case, you're going to dress yourself appropriate. Amen. Amen. I'm going to say this right here. You don't come, if you come, somebody half naked is not going to be on this stage. Amen. Amen. There's a respect. you got to have a respect for the holy things of God. My Lord, you're taking it far. No, I just got a little respect for the things of God. Amen. See, God means what He says. 
and he said what he meant. When he said don't touch the holy things, he meant not to touch the holy things. And many people don't want to grasp that God meant what he said and he said what he meant. They don't want to grasp he meant what he said about hell. See, when you don't grasp the word of God, you'll get, begin to do it your way. You'll begin to invite you. There'll be people I preach to, they'll never grasp what God says because they don't want to believe it. See, that many years, 13 years of pastoring, this is 2019, 19 years of preaching. Hard to believe 19 years ago I, in June I preached my first message in Thomasville, North Carolina at a church of the living God. Preached my first message 19 years ago, 10 minutes long, and some of you are saying, I wish it was still 10 minutes. But God's given me an extra set of lungs on me now. I had to get that in there. But people don't want to grasp it because they want to do it their way. And they want to know why they ain't getting blessed. They want to know why it seems everything they touch turns to death. Because they're not, I'm convinced they're not in obedience to God fully. I know even those in obedience to God can go under trials and situations to see what we're going to react at in those times. But I can promise you God will always still come through. Amen? Let me tell you what happens. Death and curses will come. When one fails to heed the word of God, Uzziah was dropped over dead because he failed to heed the word of God. Let me just go back and go and tell you some more. How about Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, were struck dead for being drunk in the sanctuary. God told them don't enter in their strong drink. But they went in there and they carried them out dead. My Lord, if you want to see how strong it was in the Old Testament, when the priests went into the Holy of Holies, they had to tie bells around them. Because if the bells quit rungin', they were dead. It was sacred. God had Achan executed because he stole the holy things that didn't belong to him. Belshazzar died because he took, he took all those things from the temple of God and defiled them. Think about it. The handwriting was on the wall in the book of Daniel. Well, preacher, that is Old Testament. Well, let me tell you, the New Testament says Ananias and Sapphira were struck dead for lying to the Holy Ghost. You know what they were going around lying about? Lying about they sold some property. If they'd have just kept their mouth shut, they'd have been all right. How many know that? They said, we're going to give this and they're going to give that. We're, they're telling everybody they just want the glory for themselves a little bit. Because they seen Barnabas do it earlier. Well, they didn't do it. God struck them dead. I believe God gave them a chance to repent, but they didn't do it. My Lord, they lied to the Holy Ghost. You know what my Bible says? It's better not to make a vow to God and make a vow to God and break it. You better be careful what you tell God. Amen. I've seen it time and time again. People come in, oh God, if you heal me, I'll serve you. 
God would heal them and they'd walk out the door and I've seen it where it would come back on them for us. I remember Jesus telling one, go and sin no more, at least something worse comes upon you. My Lord, you can't play around with the holy things of God. But yet, that's what many are doing. They're playing around with the holy things of God this morning. They don't have no respect for the things of God. Uzziah died because he did not because he touched the holy thing also. He died because he touched the thing that he should not touch. After God told him not to. My Lord, I ask you, some of you don't understand what part of no don't you understand. We used to have a big billboard down in the North Carolina mountains down there where God had, where it had a signature from God. It says, what part of thou shalt not, don't you understand? <laughs> I think it ain't that some don't get it. They just don't want to get it. They just don't want to understand it. They just don't want to grab a hold of it. My Lord, people treat the Word of God. They just think this is a book of suggestions. It ain't a book of suggestions. It's a book of commandments. Amen. How do you know somebody loves Jesus? They, you, those who love him will keep his what? Commandments. All right. Monday night Bible students, what two words go together? Let's hear it louder. Love and obedience. Amen. Jesus said if you love him, you're going to keep his commandments. Keeping his commandments means obedience. Obedience to what? His word. Oh, I just won't open it. I'll plead ignorance. Oh, honey, let me tell you, if you think that, you ain't going to get away with that. One time God winked at excuses, but not anymore. Because the full canon of God's right there now. Amen. But he commands men everywhere to repent. Because you don't open it, don't mean you ain't going to be held accountable for it. Let me tell you right now, I'll tell the United States of America they're going to be held accountable whether they pull in this church or whether they pull in any church or open the Word of God because you can find a Bible, you can find a church, you can find a gospel message on anywhere you want to go in this country. What you do with the Word of God, let me tell you, Houston town, what you do with the Word of God is out of my hands. I've told you for four years I have preached you the counsel of God. And I can say like Paul told them, my hands are free from anybody's blood in here. What you do with it now is what God is, is in your hands. It's out of my hands. What you do with the counsel of God, and don't get me wrong, I'm going to keep preaching, preaching it, but what you do with it is what is in your hands. Whether you will act upon it or whether you will disobey it. You know how some people treat the Word of God? Look, here's what they do. They just throw it up and throw it out. They shred it. My Lord, God's going to hold them accountable. Amen. They're inviting curses. They're inviting death upon them. My Lord, let me tell you about that Bible. 
Let me tell you, that Bible ain't supposed to be just something on the shelf. This book is a holy book. This book is a holy word. It's not like any other book in the world, but it is a living book. I can read this book over and over and find something new every time and learn it from a different perspective every time. My Lord, see what it all boiled down to was their act of disobedience, rebellious attitudes towards the Word of God. What it is, many people don't believe what God says. I've seen them in church before. Well, he ain't speaking to me, and you're the one I've been speaking to the whole time. People say, oh, he's talking to this, and he's talking to my husband, he's talking to my wife, he's talking to him. No, I'm talking to you. Wake up and smell the roses, honey. I don't know. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you as an example. There's some. You're right here. I'll use you. I just want to grab them and say, I've been talking to you the whole time. Don't be trying to say I'm talking to Patty or Junior or this Junior over here. You need, to quit, you need to start worrying about yourself. For you, amen me, you better make sure you're there. I'm telling you, they don't think it's for them. Presume that God ain't talking to you. My honey, you're the one God's talking to. Did you hear me? Look at yourself. Don't look at your neighbor and say, God's talking to me. I seen one look at your neighbor. <laughs> look at yourself. <laughs> you walked into that and <laughs> don't blame it. Don't blame it on others. I didn't catch. <laughs> I know there'd be some do that. That's probably more than one. But now listen to what I'm telling you. They think that God ain't talking to them when God's talking to them. Maybe David said, well, God, this ain't for me. But it was for them, just as it was for everybody else. Presumption that God ain't meaning what he said. And I'm telling you, God means what he says about what's getting ready to take place. God told us we can be expecting these things coming. These things, what we're seeing right now, wars, rumors of wars, violence, pestilence, disease, they don't take me by surprise. Why? Because Jesus spoke it over 2,000 years ago that these things would happen. But he also said, when you see these things, to look up because your redemption draweth nigh. It's going to get worse. Let me tell you. For the world, it's going to get worse. It ain't going to get better to the, to the Jesus that's put on this earth. But for the church, we got something to look for that we're going to be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the air. You don't believe that? Well, tough luck, honey. You can just sit here and go through the tribulation all you want. But when he comes, I'm on the first load out of here. Ready or not, you can play hide and seek with him all you want. But if you're re ready or not, here he comes. He's going to say, here I come. Looking or not looking. Like I preached Wednesday night, but many don't want to believe it. Just like Isaiah, many are going the ways of death. They don't even realize it. They're inviting curses and death in their life. Just because they presume everything's going to be all right. They presume because they just sit on church pews. That makes them all right.
They presume because they got this preacher, that preacher is going to make them all right. They presume because they give this, they do this, they do that, they're going to be all right. Uh-uh. The only thing that's going to make you all right is the blood of Jesus and being born again. Listen, you can sit on the pew all day and be lost, and I can prove that through Scripture. It is possible to be in the house and yet be lost. There was a coin that was lost in the house. Go on. Let me give you a little nugget on the prodigal son. Everybody thinks that first boy was the only one that was lost. But if you look at the attitude of the second boy that was in the father's house, he was lost also because he didn't want his brother coming back. Look at that attitude. My Lord, it's possible to be lost in the house. You can hear the most anointed messages they are, hear the most anointed singing and be in the power of God and yet be lost. Yet not be born again. Presuming everything's going to be all right. You need to be quit presuming and make sure everything's going to be all right. You need to be searching yourself. If David and Uzziah would have searched the scripture, they would have knew he couldn't have touched it, and they would have knew the ark of God should not have been put on a new covenant, but it was supposed to be carried by the priest. All in disobedience to God. Some people don't believe God's going to sit. There's a place called hell. Well, preacher, I've been good. He ain't going to send me to hell. You're right. He ain't going to send you to hell. You're going to send your own self to hell. You make that choice. He just honors that decision. Amen. Let me tell you, you hear about Mother Teresa, all the good works she's done. You hear about religious works that's being done. Let me tell you, those things may be good, but if they're not, they don't know Jesus, they're as lost as the homosexual. Did you hear me? What do you mean Jesus to say? Jesus even said on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not done these wonderful works in that name? He never denied the works, but he denied knowing him. He'll say, depart from me, you work of iniquity, for I never knew you. Presumption. Because they've done this. Or they done that. My Lord, you better make sure everything's all right. Because your pers- because presumption is like Russian roulette. Amen. People are playing Russian roulette. David presumed and it cost the life of Uzziah. No doubt, if he would have sought the Lord. And got the counsel of God and looked into Torah, the, fir- the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, the law of Moses. He would have seen what God said about touching the holy things. But he didn't. Because your presumptions, his presumption would cost dearly. Can I tell you? Some need to quit presuming. I don't worry about where you You need to quit worrying about 50 years ago and worry about where you're at today. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, I'll say this strongly. There's people that sit on these church pews that's walked out this door. They think everything's all right when it's not all right. 
pursuing. Years I've been in churches, seeing people that once shouted the victory walk out the door, but if you had talked to them, everything's going to be all pursuing, everything's all right, knowing in my spirit they're in for a rude awakening. Presumptions can be costly. The only thing that it is an assurance is standing on the Word of God this morning. What will we do with the Word of God? Right here, disobeying the Word of God brought about a curse. It brought about death. Now it brings me to my next point and my final point. It was about a man named Obadiah. He was a man who experienced blessings, if you will. In verse 11 and verse 12, says it like this. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obadiah, the Gideite, three months. And the Lord blessed, get that, and the Lord blessed Obadiah. And all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord had blessed the house of Obadiah and all that pertaineth unto him. Not just some things, but what did he say? All! All that pertaineth. That means everything that he had, everything he touched, it was blessed by God. Did you hear me? Because, why was it blessed? Listen, because of the ark of God. Because of the presence of God. Because he knew how to handle it. He was respectful. He but obeyed the law in handling the word of God. Think about it. So David went out and brought up the ark from God from the house of Obadiah into the city of David with gladness. Let me tell you. Matthew Henry, the commentary says Obadiah knew what slaughter the ark of God caused the Philistines that imprisoned it. It says Obadiah saw Uzziah struck dead for touching it and perceived David himself was afraid of meddling for, with it for a little bit. But yet, Obadiah, he would cheerfully invite it into his own house. He would receive it with gladness knowing that it was a savior of death unto death. For only those who treated it with ill would die by it. Sister Marcy, you get ready to come. What are you saying? In essence, the gospel can be a blessing in a life or it will produce and inflict judgment upon one. How many know that? It'll either save you or it'll condemn you. The cross is going to do one or two things to everybody. It will save you. His work at the cross will either save you or you'll be condemned by it. People without excuse. Amen. He didn't accept no excuse right here. No doubt the house of Obadiah was blessed in many ways. Financially, health, you name it. We don't know much about it, but I can tell you what Ju the Ju Josephus. Anybody ever heard of Josephus? He was the Jewish historian. You know what he said about the house of Obadiah? He said before this. The house of Obadiah, he was a Jewish historian. He said the house of Obadiah, Obadiah was poor. But in those three months, when he had the Ark of the Covenant, that his estate increased greatly. Did you hear me? It increased so greatly that his neighbors were envy of him. Preacher, I don't believe that. My Lord, you need to study the Bible because God produces blessings. 
Amen. And if anybody ought to be blessed financially, materially, it's those who take care of the Word of God. It's those who treat the Word of God and who live in obedience to it. Obadiah, you can stand in here. Obadiah knew different. You can stand if you're able this morning. Obadiah knew the way he treated the Word of God, the way he treated God, and that's the way God would treat him. Look, Josephus, he's pretty accurate on his history. I can believe that. Here comes a man from nothing. But once he took the presence of God, the Word of God in, he began to be greatly blessed. He began to multiply. In three months, three months, let's just go by Josephus' statement. In three months, God took him from being poor to being the envy of the neighbors because his estate increased so greatly. No, that's not one of these TVN preachers' messages. That's the Word of God right there. God will bless those who obey Him. How many know that? The choice is yours this morning. You see, you can be like Uzziah, and you can disobey the Word of God and find yourself under a curse, find yourself being drugged away dead, or you can find yourself like Obadiah, find yourself in blessings from three months, from the poor house to being the envy of the neighbors. My Lord, I could just see it right now with Obadiah because his obedience. Just out of nowhere, something would, a blessing would come along. Just out of nowhere, every day it just seems like God was multiplying and blessing him. How? Because. The way he handled the ark of God. My Lord, I thank God how much more God could bless this church if we handled the presence of God more sacredly than we do. How much more could God bless you if you handled the things of God a whole lot more better? If you'd listen to what God says instead of the way that you want to go. How much more would God want to bless you? No doubt in my mind, God wants to bless you today. No doubt in my mind, God wants to give you increase. Like Brother Ralph said last night, God wants to give you increase. But it all comes down to our obedience to God. It calls down, what will we do with the Word of God? How many would say, I want blessings this morning? The choice is yours. The choice is yours. Blessings or curses, life or death, it's up to you this morning. Do you want blessings? You want curses? It's up to you this morning. My Lord, it's up to you. The decision joins. What will I do with the word of Almighty God? What will I do with His word? What will I do with the word of Jehovah God? My Lord, heed the word. 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 Don't reject the word. Heed it. Treat it with respect. Treat it with honor. Treat it with dignity. Honor the word of God. And you'll see God bless you. Do as God's word says. And you'll see God bless you beyond multitudes.